You are listening to Backstage Pass Podcast, hosted by Hannah Cribwell and brought to you by Tom. The Backstage Pass Podcast is a guide for upcoming artists and newcomers to the music industry. Each week, I speak to experts in different fields, and in this episode, I'll be talking to Rhiannon Meyer about how she went from producer and engineer to starting up her own publishing company. Hello, Rhiannon Meyer, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Good, I'm good. You are a producer, engineer, songwriter, producing, engineering, or songwriting? (sighs) (laughs) Brutal. (laughs) It's a toss-up between producing and songwriting. Do I have to pick one? Does one have to be like more than the other? Can I just have two? Can I have... Yeah. You can, you can... Yeah, no, let's, let's, yeah, you've got to be ruthless. I think I am going to go with producing. I thought I'd go with songwriting, but I think producing maybe just kind of, you know, edges over slightly. Lasers or lakes? Wow. I'm going to go with lasers. Okay, and last one, electropop or pop punk? I'm going to go with electropop. So just before we came on air, we were talking about the fact that you've and I know it's a learning curve and everything, but that you've started your own publishing company, which I think is amazing. Could you tell us a bit about that? How did that all start? Well, Palm Bay Music came about, uh, I think, I mean, the idea came about maybe two two to three years ago. And me and my wife were yeah. just kind of chatting and we decided we just wanted to kind of have a, a home um, and originally it started off as a, like a collective, which I guess it still is. And we just wanted to have a home for the music that we made as artists and writers, but also a home for music of artists and writers that we also love, you know. Yeah, it kind of just happened. And then we just made a website kind of quite like out of a blue. And then we just and then it became a thing. I love that. So maybe now <laughs> it's just it's like it's like a thing. You've got to just as soon as you commit and make the website or whatever it is, then you can't like just that first step is the hardest thing, I think. We kind of wanted to be a publisher that was almost that would kind of nurture and I, I guess help artists and writers out earlier on in their careers, essentially. Um because yeah. it just seemed to be, you know, to get the attention of kind of like majors um you know you as a writer you kind of had to have lots of cuts um under your belt already um and sometimes you know to to say to get into the, that um you know to, to kind of get those cuts um often can be quite challenging when you're starting out as a, as a songwriter and we had yeah. some you know some friends of ours which were amazing writers that we would kind of bring in and out of sessions and we just kind of thought oh like these, you know, these writers are really good, and no one's no one's collecting on their behalf. And we really, we really think that they can, you know, do some amazing things. And I, and I guess the idea kind of came from that, really, um, about working with great writers that weren't currently published, but was getting cuts, but not enough to kind of warrant, I guess, the attention from majors. So we're like, oh, yeah. you know, we can we can kind of do something here, you know? Like, why don't we just why don't we just set up our own publishing company? Um, you know, uh, so eff- effectively we were already acting as publishers, kind of facilitating cuts and getting people, writers in rooms. So we were already doing the job as publishers, but we weren't actually collecting. Um, so, yeah, so then that, that was kind of that. And um, kind of from January uh, last year, so from 2020, uh, we, yeah, we officially kind of um, uh, partnered up with a sub-publisher and... Um, 
and uh, yeah, we've kind of officially been kind of publishers, yeah, for almost a year now. So it's pretty cool. That's so cool. I love that. What does that look like, sort of, as a like job day to day? A lot of a lot of admin. Um, I I mean I I won't I won't lie. I don't. I'm not too great with the administrative side of things. Um, I kind of am more on the corrective and corrective. What am I going? Creative uh, side of things. So. Yeah. Listening to a lot of music, uh, you know, uh, we, we get sent music. So, you know, listen to music that we get sent. Finding new music, you know, what are people posting? What are people excited about? So, yeah, yeah. listening to a lot of music is is definitely part of it. Um, there's a lot of emails. Talking to to other people in the industry, uh, you know, um, managers, other other industry, A&Rs, um, connecting. You know, I guess one job that we do is just connecting uh, our roster, you know, connect to our writers and artists with other writers and artists. You know, having like gotten used to, in a way, like the producing and engineering and songwriting side, it must be such a different role. Is it something that you are enjoying? Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of learning about how publishing works, um, yeah. I very much had to uh, play catch up and, you know, really learn quite quickly you know how it all works because I think I think publishing is a bit of a beast like not you know I, I'm always shocked when I talk to artists and writers about the collections process how little actually artists and writers you know know about how it works and how your royalties are yeah. generated and how they're collected I think even as a producer I think I have always just you know A&R'd anyways you, know, you come across an artist you think oh wow you're, you're really great like what are you doing are you are you making some music do you want to work together um yeah. so I guess it's just in a different way, I guess it's just oh, like oh wow, I love your music. Uh, is anyone collecting on your behalf? Like you know, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, you know, so yeah, I guess it's yeah, I guess it's the same job, but in a different way. And and I've always really enjoyed that aspect. Publishing essentially is a protection of your copyright for your for your songs for the songwriting. Yeah. The job of a publisher is to protect that copyright and also to collect any money um, that is generated um, on behalf of that copyright um just to make sure that however that that work is being exploited um yeah is essentially just just protected and valued um essentially yeah. working with an artist as a producer it's i'm still like very much focused on the song um yeah and i feel like it just ties in nicely it kind of feels nice to have also yeah i guess have a publishing company <laughs> yeah you know alongside it's like, a, <laughs> it's like an independent machine now <laughs> i interviewed actually uh, a producer and writer called hannah v uh, last year i think it was actually and she said something and it stuck with me and i think it, it's great like she said oh i think someone asked her like oh how do you kind of get into more rooms you know as, as a writer and she said just to create your own room and that resonates with me like so much right. and, and i and i i feel that's kind of you know, a little bit, I feel that's a little bit like what we're doing. We're just kind of creating our own space. We just wanted to create a space where everyone felt welcome from all different backgrounds, when people felt heard and seen. And, and I think, especially as two women um, in music, that felt really important um, for us. Yeah. And, we're, and we're still a completely female-run company. We've, we've just recently appointed, we've brought on an A&R, uh, Jessica Sharman, who's a phenomenal writer and producer, who now A&R's for us um, and, our, and our administrator as well. It feels quite empowering, I guess, you know, just to kind of be having like a female-fronted and female-led organisation. When I first started out songwriting, I felt like a, like all of the gatekeepers um, were men, which is not that that was a bad thing, but I didn't ever then see myself for a long time as somebody who 
could be in a position like that. I was talking to a previous guest on this podcast, Zylo Aria, and she said something mm. that made me go, oh, yeah, that's what it is. And she said, um, if you can't see it, you can't be it, essentially. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. I think you're doing an awesome job. Well done, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just well done, everyone. Just everyone's doing amazing. <laughs> it's great, yeah. You know, we had a meeting with kind of Netflix out in LA and they just loved that we were, you know, we were female, female run and... Um, uh, they liked that most of our catalogue was was female artists, female writers, and we just didn't realise. Yeah. And then, and then we kind of we st- we've started working with. Um, we now have kind of a um, a uh, freelance uh, sync agent that kind of pitches out our roster uh, for sync on our behalf. And, and and he also was just like, I just love the fact that you're that you're women and that your your roster is so female focused. He's like, this is totally a thing. This is really great. We were just like, oh, okay. We 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 just didn't think that it was um, until until other people started telling us like no it's a thing and we're like okay yeah. so like, maybe maybe we should use this as like a as like a you know a way to kind of like place ourselves as a USB to place ourselves uh, you know in the industry but I think you know coming back to what you said about I think um, you know for for other others in the industry writers and creators I think to be able to see yourself represented I think is hugely important and and I guess that's you know ties back into you know what I was saying about just wanting to feel like a, a safe space and where where you know writers yeah. and creators can just be seen and be heard and that's that's generally our kind of ethos, you know. It's a great ethos to have. <laughs> if we um, just going back to your production stuff, I have already said that the room looks awesome. Uh, I know it's a new, it, I know it's a new thing, but it does look great. Um, I'm just looking around and I'm wondering. From a production sense, is yeah. there anything that you are just like, this is my favourite piece of kit? Um, that's a really good question. <sighs> my favourite piece of kit. It's tricky, isn't it? Because I suppose there's a lot of pieces Ooh. of kit that don't work without another piece of kit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's 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 so interesting. Um I think I think just everything is my my favourite piece of kit. I think I've got a new bit of kit which has become my favourite. And that's just because I've I've always wanted one, and I, we kind of uh, we treat ourselves to a, a Neve ten seventy three, uh, preamp. Ooh, um, nice. Which I've, I've you know I've used in in other studios, and and I've always just found something about the way that it sounds. You can just plug anything into it, and um, yeah, and that's just become my my favorite bit of kit. Um, of, of a moment it is, nice. anyways. I'm, I'm still, I'm still just really loving it, and anything I record through it, and uh, yeah, I've even been kind of like running mixes through it and stuff, and I'm just so like, oh, it sounds so good. <laughs> it's just making your life better every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. Is there anything that you wish that you'd have known before you started out? I wish I would have known that it's like a never-ending, like story. <laughs> no, it's it's like being. The more you kind of get into production and when you kind of go into it professionally, it's like this never-ending list of stuff that you want. <laughs> ah. And, and no, no, one, mm-hmm. no one tells you, but you just kind of have to like learn, like just to kind of just not, just to stop buying stuff. Like, but, but there's that <laughs> never-ending list of like, oh yeah, I really want that and I really want that and I really want that. Yeah. And I, you know, no one, no one ever really tells you that. And I, I kind of, I kind of struggle with that. I'm forever like having to be really careful about, you know, when I 
see like you know plugins and stuff and I'm like oh I could really yeah oh, oh my really... god that stuff can add up you know oh yeah days. yeah it, it really does so yeah <laughs> I have to be careful because sometimes I just like I just buy stuff and then like my wife is like you, you did what we don't need another plugin I'm like but we really do we need this one because it does something like very particular but I think we really need yeah as you've told me, you listen to a lot of music, especially due to the new launch of the publishing company. So one of my final questions is, what is your track of the week? I've just been kind of obsessed with Dua Lipa's album, Future Nostalgia. Oh, yeah. So and good. there's a podcast where they kind of, you know, pick apart the song and they talk about uh, talk about the song. Oh, okay. song, ex- song Exploder, I think that's what it's called. Song Exploder. Oh, okay. Yes, a great podcast. And they were just talking through... Uh, that track, who it was produced by uh by Cos, um, yeah, I just I just love it. So that that would be my track. And what is the best lesson that you've learned in your career so far? It's okay to make mistakes, as long as you just don't you know repeat them. Yeah, it's okay to fuck up. Just got to keep keep going. Thanks so much for being a great guest on this podcast and. I hope everything goes well with the new publishing company. It sounds awesome. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me. It's been really great. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass.